welcome, welcome back everyone to another episode of Theo's Social Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Escobar. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen and find my episode. Um, those of you who have been listening and um, just coming alongside and celebrating with me, I appreciate it so, so much. Um, yeah, so if there are those of you that are still kind of thinking like Theo Social, what does that mean? What's that about? So this is going to be my slogan and I'll keep explaining it and we'll continue to dive deeper into it. I hope it'll bring a little bit more clarity and make more sense. So Theo Social, two words into one. So Theo, out of theology, social, out of social, the word, but also rooted in just sociology. So sociology is the study of society, cultures, and theology is the study of God's word. Um, and so those are two studies, fields of studies that have really impacted me um, on a on a daily basis, to be honest. And so I think that it's not just me. I think that it's a lot of individuals, but they just maybe haven't seen it that way. And so that's what we're going to be exploring in this podcast um, in many different ways. But we are going to jump back into our series. So in our first episode, I talked about that we are going to be um, jumping into a series called Create. And I briefly talked about the relation between what does it mean to create and how does that connect with theosocial and the premise of this podcast. And so I thought it'd be extremely appropriate and kind of um, silly if we didn't go into the Genesis narrative, the creation narrative. And so what is the creation narrative? Well, that's just where we see in the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, how God created everything, right? Moon, the stars, humanity, um, the Garden of Eden, all of that. So I think for the most part, um, there's been a, most people have some sort of a, they've heard about it, either read about it, maybe seen a movie or or something in conversation about um, the, the creation um, chronicles <laughs> of, of God, because God is the ultimate creator. And so there's a few things that I'm going to be pointing out, and I hope that it brings, that it blesses you, and that it makes you just think about how God wants to create with us. Um, so I pray that this bless you, and also that it just makes you think, and also um, see how it can be applied into your life. So if you hear page ruffling, it's my Bible. Um, so we are going to be going into Genesis 2, 7. So Genesis 2, 7 says the following. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. So before I go into that, I just remembered something that I wanted to make sure to highlight. So something that's really fascinating about the um, creation narrative um, is that during this time period, and not just this time period, this happens in any society period, um, 
just like now, you know, there's tons of books and tons of magazines, writings, whatever you want to call it, that are on a topic. I mean, it could be about cooking, it could be about cleaning, it could be about uh, zoology, whatever, right? So there's lots and lots of books on one topic. And the same is about the creation narrative. So believe it or not, this is not the only one. So there's many other ones that were floating around during the ancient Near East period. So during the time period that um, the the book of Genesis and the Old Testament um, primitive books, the first few books were written. And what's really fascinating is that the Genesis narrative is the only one that is oriented in peace, calm. There's no violence. No one dies. No one gets murdered. No one gets abused. There's no war. Um, And creation is very much in line with humanity. What do I mean by that? So the way that God set everything up in Genesis, in the Genesis narrative, is that there is this partnership that happens with humanity. Why is that important to know? In these other narratives, which, you know what, maybe in the next um, episode, I'll read some of them. Because after reading them, like, you're just like, what the heck? Like, you get to just really see the different comparison and just the language is very different. So like I mentioned, in the other narratives, there is war. Somebody is being struck by lightning. Someone is being abused, threatened. Um, humanity very much was created as like an afterthought and not as a part of being in conjunction with creation. So with God aligned with creation. So when I say creation, like the earth, trees, all of that, right? So I find that fascinating because it really does, um, you know, God, God speaks in many layers in the Bible and It's not just in a linear form, so not just in the words. And so I know that's going to sound kind of funky, but in even the written way that it is written. Why is that important to know? So the Old Testament, for those of you that know, that may not know, Old Testament originally was written in Hebrew, New Testament in Greek. You and I right now are speaking or listening in English. Those are three different languages. And so it's important to recognize the literary terms, the uh, the meanings, just just the flow of the writing, um, the style, like there's a lot of um, uh, metaphors or just things that are um, added in. And so it, it is important to be a student of God's word and, and really take those things in. And so now going back into this um, verse, um, I thought what's really fascinating about verse 7 in chapter 2 of Genesis is that it says that the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. So why is that important to know? Number one, God is a God of spirit, right? And so then he forms humanity, breathes life into him. So spirit is formed in human. And what does he decide to use? He decides to use dirt, right? It's like, well... Okay, out of all the elements, dirt. All right. But to me, that also seems so like special in a sense because there's a few different forms in where 
we are like God. So in the passages before, uh, let's see, in chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So we are image bearers as human beings. What does that mean? So what does that mean is that think of it like parents that just had a new baby. Immediately when the baby comes out, oh my gosh, he has the dad's nose. Oh, he smiles like the mom. Or, you know, as the baby grows, then there's a personality that comes through. Then there is quirks or maybe certain gestures. Um, it's like, oh, wow, you're totally your mom. Oh, wow, you're totally your dad. And in that same form, that's how we are as human beings. There's so much of who we are that we cannot deny our spiritual um, existence or just even our spiritual nature. And so I think a lot of times, especially in our modern day Western society, we tend to um, really like tie ourselves or want to marry ourselves to like, oh, well, this is this is who I am as a human being or this is my human nature. But our first nature is spiritual beings spiritual beings. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he wrote that in our hearts, God wrote down heaven like this. We have like this missing piece, if you may, that calls out to our heavenly nature, to our spiritual nature. So we we are human beings that are, are seeking that spiritual connection because God placed that inside of us from day one. And this is what uh, Genesis alludes to. So the first form that we are as creative beings is that we are spiritual beings. Second, we are in partnership with creation. How? Because we were made through dust. Dust, guys. Okay? So we are in partnership with creation. I think that's super cool because that means that the majesty of mountains, the gorgeous layout of the beach all those things that God put so much thought and effort in, I'm a part of that as well. So I have this creativity that is not just in one form, but is dual. So in a spiritual and in a physical form as well. So I represent him in two different ways. So I have spiritual attributes about who he is, just like how there's children, you know, that represent their parents in a certain way, right? that develops over time as they as they grow and secondly through a physical nature and so that comes through in many different ways right and so that's kind of where the 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 spiritual translates into the physical so that's kind of where the fun begins right because god deposits things in our heart first in our spirit and then we get to manifest it in the physical world this earthly world that we currently live in as believers, as Christians, we believe that our final destination is heaven. That's, you know, our final home to be with Jesus, to be worshiping him, you know, 24-7. And you know, and there's no, even no time limit there. It's just, this is what we were created for. But in the interim, in the meantime, while we are here on this earthly realm, we are to reflect that in many different ways. And in this physical world. And so that's the part that gets a little bit um, fun and interesting to try to see like, okay, God, how do you want me to interpret my, my um, connection to you? 
And so this goes into the next part, which I think is really fascinating. So it says um, in chapter two, verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and take care of it. So typically in the English, so the English language is really like, it's kind of just like in your face, not, it's not part of like the romantics, right? Or like the ancient languages that just have like these deep rooted meanings. A lot of times the English language is just very like, bleh. and so sometimes what happens is that when we're reading God's word, when we're reading the Bible, we could just think and just even reading that passage or that specific verse. Okay. He was put in the garden of Eden to work. All right. So God created him and then God put him to work. Wow. That's fast, right? No. So in the original languages, what this actually meant. So remember, number one, we are spirit. Number two, we have, well, number one, we were invited into being a spiritual connection with God. Two, through a physical connection with God. And then three is through relationship. So this is actually what was happening here is that God was extending a third form of connection and creation through being in relationship. And why do I say that? So God was still in the move of piecing things together here on earth through the creation chronicles, if you may, right? And it just so happened that he created Adam. And after Adam, it was like, okay, well, now I'm going to plug you into the Garden of Eden. And this is what you're going to do. Like, and it's not that you're doing is that you're coming alongside of me, I am extending this invitation so that we can do this together. Because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to be his partners in creation which is something that is so beautiful because many, many people, even myself, I think we just struggle with the idea that we think God wants nothing to do with us, that we are in his way or that we're bugging him in some sort of way, right? And that's not it at all. He created us and he He wants to invite us to be a part of it because he wants that relationship and it's it's a it's a time of bonding. So I think of it like when I'm spending time with my kids, um, distraction free as best as possible, right? And so, you know, for example, when I'm reading books to them, they already know. So if I'm sitting in my son's bed, they you know my son will come on my left side, my daughter will come on my right side, and they're they're like they're in, right? They're flipping through the book. They're you know, if I make a certain sound effect, they're also copying me as well. So that moment is not work. That moment, the purpose of it is to bond, is to grow, is to build our relationship. And out of that rises out other things. And so in that, I get to observe my daughter's interest for sound effects. In that, I get to observe that my son has learned new words and then myself as their mom, then I'm thinking, okay, what do I got to do next? Like, okay. So I see like how, how, what's the next level to take this relationship into? So that is like, it didn't happen through working like, all right, let's get you guys to chore time. You know, like you got to do X, Y, and Z. And again, not that those things are wrong. Believe me, I am excited for the day when these little babies can help out with chores around the house, but that's not the point. The point is that the very first 
interaction between humanity and God was a time of bonding, was a time of relating with one another. Because how is it possible that Adam was going to go out into the world and work, quote unquote, which side note, he didn't get commanded to work until the fall happened. Isn't that interesting? So the first commandment or the first invitation was to be in relationship, was to have time to bond with God. And isn't that really appropriate? I mean, that's what happens when like a baby is born. The very first thing is that it's like they put the baby right on top of the mom and it's just time to bond, bonding skin to skin. And that's really what was happening here in this passage. It was like, why well, I, I want to spend time with you so that you can learn how to be a creative being, so that you can learn how to exercise these creative um, attributes of who you are, like have time to play in it, you know, and, and isn't that really what children do? They, they have the biggest imagination. They, they have the biggest, um, uh, just creativity in general. And, uh, in the time that they spend out in the park, reading books, um, drawing, maybe putting train tracks or lining up cars. And it seems interesting because that's really the first thing that they do. Like what the first five, six years of their life, they're not working, you know, they're not in school yet, you know, that comes later. So it's like those, the foundational thing is to have that time of bonding, to have that time of really practicing what it is like to be a creative person. And that takes time. You know, you have to make space in your life to do that with God. So it, it to me, I just thought that was really fascinating that. So we have these three ways, right? So number one, let's review. So number one, spiritual. Two, uh, physical. And three, in relationship, through bonding with God. And so creating these spaces of time to be with him. And I think we all can say, I know myself, you know, God is calling me to a time of creating space to create. And that's going to look different for everyone. You know, and in my instance, it's, it's this podcast because it's a way of sharing what God has done in my life, but not so much that, but it's like, there has been so much that God has cultivated in me that it naturally it will come out naturally you want to um create and so it's it's gonna come out in one way or another and so there's a there was a spiritual connection that was made secondly a physical through uh, the study of all these books if you may because they're physical books right and then three practicing it out uh through through conversation, through through talking about it with God and then with others, you know, like God is honored when we have these spiritual conversations with other individuals and beings, because out of that, that's where ideas come. That's where God dreams come out. That's where these uh, really these God moments that only he can craft, you know, miracles, um, things that we naturally in our human nature would think are impossible. Well, then we get encouraged back into our spiritual nature, back into even like rewiring our physical nature into how he postured it to be, to be a reflection of him. So while, yes, we now have a sinful nature, but thanks to the cross, 
that can that sinful nature is reverted back to its original form. So, yeah, I wanted to share those things and I want to leave you with two thoughts. So, number 1, in Matthew 11:28, Jesus says the following: Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Think um, for myself, that's one of my favorite passages, just kind of like all time. It just really blesses me and it gives me like that sigh, like, okay, I don't have to rush. I don't have to, I can just be in his presence or just uh, take take on who he is. And what's interesting is that word yoke, because that word yoke in that time period, it it alluded to work. And, you know, we just kind of did talk about that word, right? Where we're thinking like, well, you know, the grind work or, you know, you got to go make that paycheck, right? And so in this instance, yes, there was a level of work that was happening to the audience that he was talking to at the moment, and even to us. So Jesus is not negating that we're going to have work, that we're going to have time where there's busyness, that there's stress. He's not denying those things. Those things will happen. And because why? We now live in a fallen world. That's why. However, there's these two realities and he wants the reality of this spiritual nature of just this supernatural life to supersede the normal, the the physical brokenness because of what he did on the cross is more powerful. And what's even cooler too, which I'll say what he did on the cross is the ultimate cool, but what I think is really fascinating is that Jesus was like primal, primal about quoting Old Testament scripture, scripture, excuse me, left and right. Like, wow, Jesus knew his word, guys. He knew his word. Wow. Like memorized it on the spot, wherever he was. And so in this few verses in Matthew, he was actually quoting Jeremiah 6, 16, which says the following. This is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroad and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. And now what are the ancient paths? Ancient paths, things that are tried and true, God's word, basically. That's what he was alluding to, the the words of the Old Testament and just God's word in general. Now, you know, now we have this full form of it, Old and New Testament. But even something as powerful as the Genesis narrative, where now we know that there's three forms of who we are, right? That we are spiritual, we are physical, and we are meant to be relational, to have this bond creatively with God in three different forms. And out of that comes out this longing to be in a rest mode. And so we now as believers have to actively seek these things. And why do I say active? Active because we live in a fallen world. And on top of it, we live in a very grind, go, go, go type of mentality world that is all about building that empire, go on to that next activity, go on to that next big thing, hashtag, you know, you fill in the blank. 
And if you notice, during Jesus' time in ministry, and even in the Genesis narrative, God was walking. Jesus walked. Very interesting that his disciples, Jesus' disciples, would get angry with Jesus. Like, homie, why are you sleeping in a boat? Like, why are we not going to the next city, Jesus? Like, let's go. There's a crowd over there. Like, let's go. What's going on? What's the holdup? And Jesus was like, nah, you know what? Let's go fish. Let's go hang out together. Just us. Let's talk about spiritual things. Just us. And in the three years of his ministry, he poured into these men. And when Jesus ascended, these men changed the world. And not just these men, mind you. There was a lot of women that were a part of it as well. But they changed the world because of the time that they, that quality, quantity time that they spent with Jesus while they were concerned with the next big thing or like, oh, look, the crowd is bigger over there. You can do multiple things. And it's not to say that Jesus didn't do a multitude of miracles and all of that. But here's the thing. These things were bound to happen regardless. Jesus never sought out to cast out demons demons just threw themselves in front of him (laughs) like how comical is that right jesus wouldn't necessarily even look for sick people they just arose it's like hey my daughter is sick she they're saying she's dead can you please come to my house or the woman with uh the long uh what is it the long um illness of of bleeding right she came to him. And so in that same form, we need to come to Jesus. We need to come to the understanding that, you know, I have these three forms of how you have created me. And now I have this knowledge based off of your word. And what are we going to do with it? How are we going to respond in our everyday life? And it's going to look different for everyone, right? To some, it may be creating space of time in your marriage for God to move in your family, at work, maybe in your health, maybe in a relationship that needs to be repaired. I don't know. You fill in the blank by seeking that bonding time with God, by having that physical study time in God's word or in spiritual books, or just even having physical coffee, excuse me, with a friend or a a leader, someone that can speak into your life of the type of things that God wants to do with you. And first and foremost, having that spiritual time with God, because out of those times, that's where we're going to get into our original alignment in partnering with him to create the ultimate things that he predestined us for. Nothing else, because I, I have found it in myself that it, it's gonna, it, it comes out of me, even if I don't want to. So it's going to come out of me, whether it's going to come out of me in my own will, which in my own will, I end up making tons of mistakes and then I strive and then I frustrate myself. Or if I seek him first and then allow him to spend time with me and teach me how to practice my creativity, teach me how to craft it in a certain form or connecting with certain people in this physical world. And then I see, okay, wow, this was all now just a reflection of what you were already doing in the spiritual realm. So 
that's all I got for this time around. I hope it blessed you. We will continue this topic a second time. Or no, this was the second time. A third time. Because third time's a charm, right? So thank you. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. Um, Continue to be on the lookout and we will keep the conversation going.